Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Fabro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Fabro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. We are live. Um, hey, Frank, how's it going? Hi, Patrick. Nice to see you. <laughs> very good seeing you again. Um, we have a very uh, uh, special you know, podcast um, uh, situation here with you because we're actually going to do two episodes. So... Uh, you know, the the first uh, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, avoiding burnout, you know, when, when you know, building a fast-growing studio. But, um, you know, for the ones who doesn't know you, I mean, maybe we can start a little bit with your background. I mean, you, you have been at, at a lot of, uh, you know, really cool studios, you know, lately. Mm, thank you. Um, yes, um, I started uh, about probably, I mean, I have uh, my, my anniversary coming up 28 years ago, and I started in a... In a um, distribution company in Germany, one of the two leading distribution companies by that time. That was the time actually when uh, we still had, uh, or when the Amiga, the SNES and the Mega Drive still had markets, some significant market share. And um, we still shipped by that time games on CD and on CD-ROM. And my role was a sort of a hybrid between QA, um, player support, uh, evaluations and localization. And then I transitioned um, in a in the same company and then I was in a different company into a marketing role into product management and into uh, brand management and that was with uh, my final destination brand management before I pivoted to um, con- uh, production was with um, Atari Europe and I was working on Superman and um, then I switched into an excellent production role and then after that an internal production role in a different company and um, and after that, I founded my own company. I thought I knew everything and became an entrepreneur, um, built a publishing and um, production services company. Um, decided for about eight years. And uh, then I uh, had to close down the company because of the economic situation. I did a lot of mistakes by that time. And then I became back employed by one of my key clients, Gameforge, where I became an um, operations director and um, and then I transitioned after a few while into or changed jobs into um, an craft lead and senior producer at Ubisoft and have been there for a while and after a few years I joined Riot Games where I think stayed seven years seven years and and a few months and uh, had a, a several, let's say, roles inside of that company, not just one project, I had multiple projects, multiple um, things to do. And um, and then I uh, joined, uh, um, or I basically um, was contacted by Embark in Sweden, which I was uh, working with for a few months. And then I started at Medical Games, where I'm right now uh, serving as a VP of developer operations. And, uh, and Medical, for those, for those who don't know, um, is a platform and uh, technology company uh, which does also games in the blockchain space. Quite a career, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to have you on, uh, on, the, on the podcast. I mean, 
you know, the theme of, of this podcast is, you know, learning from leaders and, you know, you've been in so many leadership positions. So, um, you've been, uh, you've been gathering, um, you've been collecting quite a few experiences and, and your know, learnings over the years. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, the theme for, um, you know, for, for part one here, you know, is, uh, you know, how do you avoid, you know, you know, burnout, you know, in, in, in a fast growing studio. And I think this is a very relevant topic. Um, you know, I was at the DICE conference, you know, um, recently, uh, in Vegas and, and, uh, you know, we're, I'm, I'm almost surprised that we're still talking so much about, you know, how do we avo- avoid, you know, crunch, you know, how do we make, you know, work-life balance actually work? Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, probably better today than it was when you know back when we started in the industry but but it's it's still a very kind of like top of mind topic so um you know why don't you i mean i i know you have a lot of thoughts around this so you know i don't, I don't want to steer too much you know if, if you would you know if i mean we get gdc coming up now um if you would do like a gdc talk about you know avoiding you know burnouts and in a fast growing studio i mean what would be the you know the kind of main points you would like to make I mean, first of all, for me, burnout is real. I mean, it's not really like a, a myth or only a few people are affected by it. And um, I believe if someone has burnout, it's already too late. But um, contributors to burnout is stress. And we as leaders, but also we as um, employees and individual contributors, we can um, prevent or at least, in my opinion, we can try to manage stress better. Um, and I'm doing this not because I'm, let's say, I'm, I saw this from, let's say, from the pure distance. I'm doing this also because I have been affected myself with, um, with um, stress and with burnout. In my entire career, uh, I think if I reflect a little bit with the knowledge I have today, I think I had a several situations where I was on the brink of burnout or where I was basically, um, I would say, I had a couple of meltdowns, so to, uh, so to say. And, but um, most recently, I think about three years ago, I really f- suddenly, with the knowledge again of today, I knew now that I had a burnout, a serious burnout, which made me to, um, to do irrational decisions, which made me also to ask myself about um, what should I do and, um, and how can I get help and how can someone else help me? And, Right now, with this, let's say, with this now reflection back, I think we as leaders, we can really, really help to reduce the stress on people and that they get in the burnout. And I'm not, um, the cause for burnout was for me and for many other situations I witnessed was not because of overwork, crunch. I think this is all behind us. It's more about, um, you know, in a fast growing environment, right? We have, let's say, you pivot constantly, you change your goals. You, um, you you change direction because you have to um, to stay competitive. But sometimes you forget about bringing the people with, along with you and you forget about what it does. You know, constant change causes stress and and stress factors are not from work, but they're also from private life. And if they, if they meet, <laughs> it has, has an, can have a tremendous effect on people. And, um, and I think we need all to be aware of that. We need to be kind to each other. We need to look out for each other. You know, I, I think the point you're making about that stress factors comes from, you know, more places than work is, is very true. Um, you know, I remember listening to, um, you know, a, a professor, psychology professor some years ago, and he said something quite interesting. He said that, he said, you know, he wanted to, you know, um, 
forbid uh, having family photos uh, at the office. Uh, you know, you know, like the family office, the family, uh, you know, picture on your desk. <clears throat> and and you know, and and his argumentation for that was that um, sometimes in life, um, you know, things are are tough at work, but you have you know you have the support from from home. And sometimes you know things are are tough at home, um, but you know you, you you kind of have a foundation, you know, you know, being in what you do at work. But if you have a situation where it's tough at home, you know, and it's tough at work, and when you are at work, you're looking at this family picture and you get reminded about that it's also tough at home, it's totally going to burn you out. Um, so, you know, he said, you know, <laughs> no more family pictures on, on the office desk. I mean, I like this concept, um, you know, uh, I'd say I, I'll put it better that way. A few years back, I believed in that concept, you go to work, you go home, and then the two different worlds, right? But in, in this environment that we have right now, you know, with Slack, Slack is, is good and evil, but, you know, this constant that they're being connected with the company, plus, you know, we are now in a situation where I think many companies are in this hybrid world. That means you work from home at one or two days a week, and then you go to, to work. But you still, while you're at home, you're still at, at work. So it's, it mingles, it, it merges. And this is, I think, becoming a really stress factor. And I can, again, relate only or share with you my story a bit. And this is when, you know, when I started to really burn out or to start really to feel the stress. It's like when you don't find time to make your own meal, when you are, uh, when you schedule your, 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 um, I'd say your, your drinking behavior, your, your bio breaks around meetings. This is really, really bad. And particularly when you're busy, you give up your private life for that. And then the other hand is like, you know, um, when you were, uh, you, you miss also a lot of, I'd say, in social connections, right? When you are at, at work or at home, someone comes in your door and then it's like, like it disrupts you and it puts you out of the zone, so to say. You have to do um, not only, let's say, the, the typical um, uh, context switching, um, which you do at work, then you have additional context from your family and not always is fine. Like for instance, I mean, of course, you know, the pandemic is over, but we don't know when the next come in, but during the pan pandemic, you know, like uh, when I learned that day that there were uh, shops were closing, um, my least concern was work, <laughs> but we had trouble at work. So that, that that's, you know, that's mean that that is so um, stressful. And then things don't go the way you, you, you know, they are, they are supposed to go the way. And if this continue, continuously happens, then it's really building stress. And I believe, um, even besides that, the pandemic and let's say that we, we have now a hybrid world, I think we as leaders, we can contribute to make it a little bit better on our, on the people we work with, who we work for, but also the people who are, we are working together and collaborate. And, um, and, um, there are many, many, I think I, at least I developed a few, a, a little bit of a scheme or let's say a, a checklist of things which I try not to do. <laughs> I fail sometimes, but there are things I think we certainly can do better. So let, let me, let me try um, a classic kind of retrospective uh, question on you, you know, like what, what shall we, what shall we, you know, continue doing, you know, you know, what we learned during, you know, COVID, uh, what shall we stop doing and what shall we start doing, you know? Um, did you have a do you have a few on each of those? Yeah, I have. Let's talk for uh, um, maybe um, um, focus on the one which should continue doing. 
and maybe even more. And this is one thing I, I feel like it's very important. It's like checking on each other, uh, asking uh, how someone feels when you have your one-to-one. -one. Don't start with work. Or I mean, I say one-to-one, -one, I mean, the, let's say the, the co-worker co relationship. Not the manager. We talk about the manager in a moment, but just a co-worker. Ask how someone feels and, and talk a bit about his, how his day is, how, 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 how he's doing, is he, does he need help? Check in and be kind. Um, that that this, you can do this actively basis. If you see someone, I mean, like um, you know, I've heard something that the most I think ninety percent is non-verb non-verbal communication. You know, and that means look on, on many of your Zoom call. Have a look at who is in your Zoom call. Don't focus just on the presenter. Look what the others in your team are doing, and um, maybe after the call you can reach out and ask how how did you feel. You, you, I sensed maybe a little bit of um. Um, you know, um, confusion there or whatever, you know, like just be observative. And um, this is what I would would do more. What I would be stopped doing is these time meetings, like meeting after meeting after meeting. Um, this is um, really, really hard. You know, while when, we, when I was on, on site, you know, it was normal to, you end the meeting, you go to the next meeting, and while you go to the meeting, you pick up the coffee, you have a chat, the meeting started maybe a few minutes late, but you still had some social interactions. You had time to go um, to do your bio break, whatever. But if if I look in the beginning of the pandemic, if I look at my um, meeting calendar, it was meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, but even a minute uh, break in there. And you know how it is. And if meetings are not very well designed, they always end on time. I've seldomly seen meetings who end before they're supposed to end. Um, that's that's that's. Uh, I think we should stop doing the same as lengthy meetings. Like really, the, I think I don't see the need for having a four-hour workshop. Why not doing two pieces of two hours and have a a time in between where people can reflect, can refresh, and come back to the meeting. Um, and I'm I'm not talking about let's say just remote meetings, but generally meetings. Um, you know, like meetings are, are I think the most stress factors. I mean, like not everyone is, I would say, um, good at conversations. I'm personally get stressed out in conversation. It, it's, it exhausts me. So I need the break. And I, I believe I'm not the only person in the world who has this. And um, what I would start doing is um, actually is like really um, is um, being mindful and show empathy to people, uh, people's situations. You know, like when I was um, uh, way back in Germany, I mean, let's say private life didn't have a place in the workspace, but now it's it it. I believe you should consider private life. You know, not every, not nobody on your team wakes up to be um, let's say to to, to show bad performance, to uh, to have a bad mood. Something happens, affected her or him, and 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 we should respect that. Um, we should try maybe to to reach out and to understand why this person is that way having maybe a nice conversation and maybe um, complimenting each other and giving positive uh, uh, encouragements. And and um, what I would um, stop doing also is like the trust thing, you know, like people have their own schedule and sometimes they have to adjust it, their schedule to, um, to their daily life. Trust them that they deliver or that they are um, um, keeping up their commitments, but let them organize so the day, how they needed to be organized. Uh, thank you. you no, know, that's uh, that's a lot of you know very concrete advice, and you know I, I like that you were playing along along with um, 
you know, with a retrospective model there. Um, That's perfect. <laughs> now, you know, if I can go a little bit more, let's say, personal, um, I mean, you are in a management position yourself. You know, what are these things do, do you find to be hard? I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you might have an insight into, you know, how you should do something, but it, it might still be very hard. Um, you know, when, when you're trying to apply, you know, your learnings, um, yourself, um, you know, you know, what, what do you find to be the, 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 the challenges in, in, you know, succeeding, you know, with executing, you know, the learnings that you have? I mean, first of all, you know, um, I think one of the things I struggle with is, um, I know you feel, let's say work and and it's on a team, you manage up, you manage down, right? And the upper management, the, the business itself, you know, uh, needs to, um, or not needs to, but has an impact on how you work. And sometimes there is no time, you know, like sometimes time is the essence, right? I mean, when I say the essence means you have to make quick decisions sometimes you know, and you have to pivot uh, very hard sometimes. And this is something where um, the where you don't have the luxury to, um, to, to, let's say, to do all these things which I just described. But I think you can still go back to the to the basics of um, be kind and um, and try to explain also the why of, of things and t- try to take people with you. And if you feel someone is not with you, um, move forward, but take the, maybe the person and, 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 and have a one-to-one or have a coach this person to get along with the others and uh, making him comf- or her comfortable about um, the change, the reasons why we do things. I've seen... I think uh, just recently, um, not just recently, but a, a lot of times, um, where, um, where where people worked on their unclear goals, and they know a change was coming, and they haven't been communicated well. There was um, chatter and on the floors, and um, when I say floors, I mean ch- Slack or fl- actual floors, um, uh, floors. But you know, the thing is, like, um, be um, we should make sure as a minimum that people understand why we do certain things, take the time for the why. And this I'm trying to do always um, and, um, and and offer the time also to reflect, you know, like people that when you express, let's say a change or you, you, you mandate a change, op- be have an open ear for everyone, make sure that they can reach out to you, be available. That's, I think, a thing that's I, I never compromise on. That's very insightful. And, and, you know, I have a final question on that. Um, you know, how, um, um, you know, often, you know, when I listen to someone talking about, you know, the why, sometimes, it, you know, repetition comes up that you have to be uh, consistent and, and, you know, you have to accept that you might have to repeat the, a, a message, you know, many times. Um, I think, you know, personally, I struggle with this, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, well, hey, I said it once, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and and you know, do do you have any tips to you know to me and 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 other posi- people in 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 this position of having to explain the why you know how is it simply just making sure that you're consistent and, and repeat or or the other you know you know advice that you can give you know how to, how to make sure that uh, you know this message you know lands. I mean, there's no there's I would say no silver bullet to that. But what I'm trying to do is like if the message doesn't come across, I rephrase it. And I will restate it and I will reshare it and make it visible to everyone. But on the other hand, let's say if you have a, let's say a new goal or whatever, 
I would make it um, maybe part of the meeting, like looking at the goal. This is the goal for that whatever particular milestone, that quarter, that year. And and how how are we doing? And um, is everyone still aligned with that? Maybe with a different phrasing, but just what I want to say is like trying to uh, um, recalibrate, um, so to say, all together on this goal. And if if this goal that or let's say the reason why we do certain things not clear, um, paraphrase it, make it a little bit, let's say, um, um, break it a bit more down into. Um, behaviors or into um, small sub-reasons or small sub-things which contribute to that. But trying, uh, um, let's say, um, if you see it, you know, like you, you um, I've seen, let's say, um, let me, I've seen situations where leaders um, presented a presentation and they were expecting um, the team to execute. And then when questions came up, the defer, defer, deferred answer was, it's all in the presentation. They should look at the presentation. Wrong answer, in my opinion. I would say, okay, what is not clear? Let's have another session. Either, let's say, with the people who feel like it's not clear to them and maybe record a session or all the team together to realign on recalibrate on that on that particular goal and the whys, right? Um, and, um, you know, the thing is, though, I think while goals can change, the whys usually don't change. And that's great. Um, you know, thank, thank you so much. And I'm... I'm really looking forward to uh, you know the the second part of our conversation. So um, uh, if you like this, um, check out uh, part two. You know with uh, Frank Faye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Share it in your social media so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing, check out Favro Academy on favro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.